Good evening and welcome. It's the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, along with co-host Britt Griffith as we get ready to uh, explore another night of things that really just tick us off for the most part. We've got two great guest panelists with us tonight. We've got JR, a newcomer to the show, L, or maybe better known as Some Bitch I Know. Welcome to the program to everybody. Looking forward to our conversation tonight. Britt, you uh, brought L to our program here. Um, why don't you introduce her? Well, I've been following some bitch I know uh, on Twitter going back, I don't know, four years now, five years now. I think I picked you up when you were about you know, 2,000 followers or subs. And uh, and then uh, she really went, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't even know what to call it, but head over heels into the whole election issues. And then Twitter hated her. Yeah. And what do you want, like yeah. your sixth account now? Uh, I mean, the account that I have now is just kind of so I can like talk shit, but or pardon my French. I stopped counting after like six. So kind of wow. like the like the Twitter cancel champion of the world or we're getting pretty close to it, I would think. Something like it. Once they uh, once they caught on to what I was doing, they uh, didn't like it very much. Well, we're glad <laughs> actually like they, they like blocked all my links and everything. Oh, geez. Well, we're <laughs> glad you're amazing. here to share some of your ideas and your opinions for sure. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. JR, always good to see you as well. And by the way, uh, some bitch I know has brought a lot of people over from Gab and other places to our program. So thank you to all those folks that are in our chat room that are following the program tonight that are new. And if you would, please subscribe. We'd appreciate that. Uh, also hit the thumbs up for a like so we get some uh, mileage out of that as well. I want to start tonight by talking about something that's um, that uh, I noticed just kind of anecdotally. I, I, I took a walk earlier and I noticed the one of the three gas stations that we have in Cooperstown, New York, was outside increasing the prices of gas again. Uh, in fact, when Donald Trump left office, the price of gas here in Cooperstown was $2.12 a gallon. Today it went from 309 to 314, I think is what it was they were increasing the price to. One of the things that Republicans warned about as we headed into the presidential election is that the agenda of the Democrats, the leftists in particular, and Joe Biden in particular, was going to affect our gas supply and it was going to affect the prices we're paying at the pump and the prices we're paying to heat our homes and the prices of all the energy that we use, regardless of how we're using it. And that is actually, in fact, happening. It's unfolding right before us. And the Interior Department now has said that it is returning to Obama-era enforcement of off-drill, uh, offshore drilling waiver rules, which basically is a fancy way to say that the environmentalist regulations, some of which Trump had suspended during his term in office, are back. And again, they are affecting the cost of energy, specifically gasoline. JR, you're watching the price at pump, let the pump go up. You know what that does to families, especially families with low means. Well, and especially, uh, you know, in you get you get in uh, moderate and uh, more rural areas where you don't have mass transportation, then what you spend a lot of money on every day. We've heard Britt talk about it every day. He's filling up his tank. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? That, that 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 hits us. So we can only ride the bus or whatever in uh, more of the rural spots. But um, it's it's not surprising what's happening here. I mean, this was. Uh, part of the audition and now we're we're seeing it come to uh, those chickens come home to roost we uh you know we see seasonally prices go up this time of year anyway as the, the summer driving season increases and that's you know on top of uh what's now our lack of energy independence 
And I've said all along, I, I look at energy independence as being a national security asset that we had, that we hadn't had in a long time. And now look at, now we're having to rely on people that don't like us again. And to me, that that's as problematic as uh, what it is for the, uh, the economy and the money that's coming out of people's pockets that weren't before. Al, you know that we... Uh... Uh, Joe Biden in the first day in office canceled the Keystone Pipeline that was going to bring Canadian oil to our refineries, help with the supply of oil. Obviously, that's not U.S. oil. It's Canadian oil, but they're our biggest trading partner. They're our friendly neighbor to the north. It's all kind of part of the same family. Then we also mm -hmm. saw an attack on the pipeline that was supplying gasoline and other fuels to much of the southeast of the United States. It was a cyber attack. Someone paid some ransom there. What is your analysis of the state of the energy uh, supply here in the United States? I mean, in my opinion, it's all by design and it goes back to the United Nations and the Sustainable Development Goals Agenda 2030, which is based off Agenda 21. Um, they have a plan to uh, corral everyone into city centers and to eliminate uh, single modes of transportation. And that's why they keep trying to push these things like the high speed rails and all of that. So I, I, it's all by design. And um, it was it was going to happen. Basically, Yeah, I mean, and, and, and if you take that a step further, you're talking about by design. One of the things that they've made no secrets about Biden and the rest of the leftists, AOC and the squad, is that they want this Green New Deal passed. And part of the success of the Green New Deal and the acceptance of these alternative energies by the by uh, people in the United States, it has to be more expensive to put gasoline in your car for you to start seriously considering to buy an electric a car. So as Elle said, Britt, a lot of this is by design. I think they want energy to be more expensive because that will open us to the idea of alternative fuels more readily. Well, think about it. I mean, and, and I agree with exactly what some bitch I know just said. I mean, this is all in the plans. You, you can go back and read it. You get you, you go to the Atlantic Institute or, or uh, um, uh, the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. The only way that they can control us is, I, I saw a great quote today. It was, uh, if they're too busy worried about their basic needs, they won't notice their freedoms being lost. Um, and that's what they're doing right now. And it's a control thing. They get us into these big cities and then and then we're, we're stuck there. And then we have, I mean, look at New York. You're living in that hellhole, And then you're depending on your government to protect you. And then you're going to vote for the guy who's going to A, give you your, your stipend for the month and B, give you the protection that you want. And that's what and that's what they're after. Now, I am not against mass transit. Like the city of San Diego has the red car and it works brilliantly. And it's awesome. And back in the, what was it, 30s, 40s, 50s, L.A. had the red car or the uh, the red trolley that went around. And it worked awesome until Goodyear bought it up and then and pulled up the tracks and got rid of it because they wanted everybody driving. If it's done right, it's fine. But it doesn't, like Jarrell was saying, that doesn't work out in the rural area. But they also don't want us in the rural area because if we're in the rural area, we don't need them. We can survive on our own. We have our guns. They can't come out and tell us what to do. They can't grift off us. They can't get our money. And we're a threat to them at all times. They cannot have a Red Dawn incident with us. So they got to get us in the big cities. This is all part of the plan. They're moving on it. I just hope we wake up soon enough to where we'll fight back before then. Although the one thing they didn't count on is that now the leftists are totally 2A. And not not the mainstream Democrats that want to control us, but the leftists, the they're all about the guns too. They are actually the big push in all the guns that are being bought right now. So now they're fucked because on both sides, they got guns pointed at them. 
and we're not going to take their shit. And they know it, so they're scrambling right now. One of the things that we've talked about often when we get into this energy conversation and we bring up the specter of the Green New Deal is the un unintended costs and consequences of this environmentalist agenda. We often talk about uh, the what would be considered toxins and poisons that are used to build these batteries that are going to power the electric cars. Well, there's a, there's an article today, the title of which you can see on the screen here. It says our children, our, it says our children dying like dogs in an effort to build batteries. There are people in the nation of the Congo, which are saying that our quote, our children are dying like dogs. There is a parent of a mother of one of these children who died while working in the cobalt mines in the Democratic Republic of Congo. She said with other parents that uh, they're all part of a class action suit now filed in the U.S. federal court in Washington, D.C. They're looking to hold Apple, Alphabet, Dell Technologies, Microsoft and Tesla accountable for what they allege is profiting, profiting off the misery of child labor and slave labor in the quest for cobalt to make batteries, rechargeable batteries, whether they're for cars, whether they're for cell phones, whether they're for laptop batteries, whether they're for tablets, it doesn't matter. They all need cobalt. JR, there are consequences to these policies, but they don't come up when uh, you, you know Biden is standing on the stump giving a speech about it. I'm waiting for a tough question uh, for starters, but uh, remember when back in the, I don't know, when it was, 90s, when uh, Nike started getting some heat for the slave labor building their, you know, $50 sneakers that they were selling for 100 bucks. I mean, they got away with it for a long time, and then a little daylight hit, hit them, and they, they got in trouble. And now, uh, th th this, uh, this stuff is on steroids now because of the huge demand on so many different things that you just articulated. It's, it's going to come back and bite them, and they're not going to be able to avoid it. And we've already started to see some of the softball questions start to go away, and he's going to start having to answer a few things, and something just might stick, and I think this could be it because you're impacting a, a wide swath of people, Democrats and Republicans. Okay, so I'm not sure. L, should I be calling you L or some bitch I know? Which do you prefer? Either one, okay. to be honest, doesn't matter. Right. I, I gotta go with that one. Whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with. To right. be honest. Right. I mean, I, I chose that name, so it's fine. Okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna go with L for now. Um, L, the companies cool. that are targeted in this particular lawsuit are arguing that the case should be dismissed. They say they have no control over the mining practices in a foreign country, and that the families lack standing to bring the suit on U.S. soil. They're not denying any of it. They're just saying that these these uh, individuals can't bring this suit on U.S. soil. Furthermore, they stress that they have no direct connection to mining on foreign soil. This is all foreign companies that are doing this, and they don't control them. Um, where are the woke police? Where's the CEO of Coca-Cola coming out and shouting from the, the top of the Coke building about how horrible this is? They're too busy telling you know white people to be less white in the Western countries. You know, it's all it's all about social issues right now. And eventually someone might actually give a damn about that kind of stuff again. But uh, honestly, I find it pretty uh, insane how much like the left has absolutely flip flopped. They, they used to be like the and pointing out the hypocrisy of the left is like a dead horse that just keeps getting beat. But it's fun. So I'm going to beat it anyways. Um, 
I think that the left, like they used to be all holistic and 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 worried about. I don't. They've completely flip flopped and and com just started picking up social issues instead of caring about like being all natural or whatever. They they become simp's for big pharma over the last year. I mean, I I genuinely cannot believe how inherently like people just like place their trust into like big pharma now. And it's, it's same thing with big companies because it, like if they say the right woke phrases, if they give people the happy feel goods, they really don't care what they're doing, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And you have a lot less of that on the left, which is a shame because uh, that used, I mean, that used to at least be something you could count on, but there's really not. <laughs> so yeah, no, great point. No, you did. That's a, that's a great point. Brett, I'll give you a chance to comment on the sudden lack of wokeness from all these corporations that are generally lecturing us. And then you can take it to what you've got next. All right. Well, basically, this is about money and power. That's what it boils down. Everything boils down to money and power. But, but my first, my first caveat here: if you own a Tesla, if you own a Prius, you support slave labor. I do not ever want to hear you bitch about anything related to slavery because you support it. If you own an Android, if you own an uh, an Apple iPhone, you support slave labor because that's how they're made. They're made by slave labor. And what the hell ever happened to never again talking about the the, the Germans killing Jews? Because right now China is slaughtering the Uyghurs and anybody else that won't work for them. I mean, if you're if you're a drug addict, if you're gay, if you're handicapped, you go off to the work camps and they slaughter you. They get rid of you. So if you buy any of these things, you support that stuff. Figure it out. As to the woke corporations, um, you know they they've all kind of shut up, but it doesn't mean they've stopped lobbying for their woke crap. If you drink Coke, you support this woke crap. If you if you if you buy Nikes, you support this woke crap. If you watch the NBA, you support this woke crap, which I'm sorry is going to destroy our country. Please study South Africa, study Venezuela, study Cuba. You can see the track that we're on, and that's where we're going to end up. Even a country this big will fall. Rome fell. It took a while, but it did fall. Um, so that's my thought on this whole cobalt child, uh, child labor stuff. Now, granted, on the flip side, you know, we sh like what happened when uh, – you know, if we shut it down, those kids that were making, you know, two cents a day, they're like, well, damn, you just took my job away. So I don't know what we do with all that, but I just know that uh, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on right now. So I'm going to slide from that right into uh, our lovely government tracking us. So so uh, over in and it is the EU, but I'm sure they'll do it here eventually. So everybody that went and got the jab, as they call it, uh, all of their phones were unwill unwittingly tracked. So the EU government, you went and got a shot, they started tracking you to see where you went to see what you did. Did you know, JV, and this is just a quick response from you, that our Commerce Department has a security unit? Did you know that? I do, know. Department. I do know. I do now. It's a security unit. It, it, its original intent was just to protect the buildings and the people in the buildings. You know, kind of like when you go into court, check your bags, whatnot. Well, it has evolved into a counterintelligent-like operation on people that work in the building and people that go in the building. So our government is, again, now starting to spy on us. We had that whole conversation three shows ago. And now the IRS wants tools to be able to crack into your crypto wallets. Do they have to get a, wa a warrant for that? What if your wallet's hosted on a, uh, you know, on a server outside the country? Can they just go into your stuff and figure your finances out? JR, our government is way out of control. And I'm not going to say what industry you're in, but you have to deal with a lot of regulation. Do you ever notice that the government, when they come in to regulate and look through your company's paperwork, that they will try and go too far and glean information that they should they, they would need a warrant for otherwise? But if they can get it without the warrant, they'll take it from you? 
Well, I think we've seen uh, evidence of that uh, about four years ago and uh, FISA court. And, you know, there's a, there's a saying, don't let the Campbell's nose under the tent flap, right? Because you know what happens. Uh, once they get an inch, they uh, they expand from there until told otherwise. I mean, that there's story after story of how, you know, you take the Department of Education. It's not in the Constitution. Well, they decided to make a little department they said would be just there for, you know, national support of the states uh, that handled the education. And now the Federal National uh, Federal uh, Education Department is a huge um, a part of our, our federal government, uh, another big department. So whatever you're talking about, they start a little and then expand beyond that. And it's it's what government does. Um, yeah, they I think do. There was a, a, a Benjamin Franklin quote that escaped me at the moment about uh, how, how government just goes from nothing and it, and, uh, it expands itself. That's just what it does. So maybe it was Reagan even. I forget who it was. but It's a virus. It's, it's, not, a it's virus. not surprising. Um, so some bitch I know. So we, we already have the proof. It's been proven that our government went to our allies, the EU, Australia, Italy, to spy on American citizens because they couldn't do it. So, you know, the CIA just offshored it and they spied. The EU is tracking their own people. Could they be tracking us? I mean, the, the, the left is so spun about the, about the virus and getting this vaccine that everybody has to have it. Could, could the EU be spying on us right now for our government? For sure. Uh, I, th I think, um, I don't know who just said this, but basically uh, you also have people over-volunteering information right now. So you really don't even have to spy on people. You have people that are willingly putting badges on their, you know, profile pictures on social media to say they've been vaccinated and, and getting tattoos and things like that. You really don't need a, a you know, much of a CIA or, a, you know, spy good point. organization if people are just offering it up uh, without <laughs> that, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I am going back to the Apple phone because they put the uh, they put the, uh, the 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 turning off all the tracking up front. You don't have to go nine pages in. So I will be dropping Android and going back to that. And some of the some of the studies that are coming back on that, it's got like a eighty two percent opt in to stop Facebook from tracking you. So that's good for Apple. JV, how do we stop our government from this overreach? Well, I wish I knew how we stop them. I mean, the Constitution is supposed to stop them, but the Constitution seems to be just an inconvenience for these leftists and these Democrats. They, uh, they, they, they view it as just an obstacle, and they look for ways to get around it. They don't understand it. They don't recognize the truths that it holds. They don't recognize the rights that it guarantees, only, only if it is, in fact, in some way advantageous to them and their power. We just heard that the military, the U.S. military, is once again enacting a program to monitor the social media accounts of its active duty personnel. But they can't do that because the First Amendment protects us and, of course, the military personnel, because they're American citizens, from that as well. So what are they doing? They're hiring a private company to do it for them because that circumvents the First Amendment. This is an, an, an incredible time. And if people who study history scratch their heads and wonder how a, a country like Germany, which was a democracy in the 1920s following World War One, turned into the most evil country to uh, occupy the 20th century and how nobody stopped them from inside, well, you can understand. You can start to see how these things have a way of creeping in. And as JR said, once the camel's nose is under the tent, it's hard to keep them out. And we're that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with power-hungry 
corrupt. Uh, I'll, I'll use the word corrupt. I'm not entirely sure they're all corrupt, but power hungry uh, politicians that have recognized that their lives will be forever changed in a in a very positive way because they'll be wealthy and their their families for generations uh, going forward will be wealthy. Because, uh, you know, they, they get their bank accounts padded by lobbyists and, uh, you know, it's a really, really good gig for them. And that seems to be all they care about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and real quick, for the people that are in chat, the people that are watching us, please smash the like button. That really does help us. And uh, if you could subscribe, that would be amazing. Also, it does help push us up the channel, although it does get us on YouTube's radar. So maybe we'll get canceled sooner, but we'll see. Anyway, please, um, I'm going to move on to some war stuff. Is that okay, JV, or did you want to take go, it? Go, hey, you got war stuff. Let's go for it. Okay, so, so, so Japan is increasing the size of its navy. They're calling it, uh, they're going to acquire two Aegis combat warships. They're, they're calling it uh, uh, defensive weapons because China is increasing their stuff. The reality is it's because we're becoming weak. And then we have Russia, you know, they have serious plans to militarily dominate the Arctic for good. And then we have, uh, you know, our, our U.S. diplomat, our State Department, they're waiting to see if North Korea wants to engage in diplomacy. I mean, how polite is that? Like, that's going to get us anything there. So I'll start with you, some bitch I know, because we have jack wagons in our government that need to be bitch slapped. Um, this amount of, did you expect, I mean, I expected the Biden administration to be horrible, but did you expect us to show this kind of weakness that, that our allies that have depended on us for their defense are now going, ah, we're going to start buying some more ships. I did expect it because for the last, you know, five, 10 years socially, uh, people have been conditioned to see, you know, showing weakness as being strong, like, oh, you're so strong. You're, you know, bearing your soul to people and being emotional. But it turns out that, uh, you know, the Western world is slowly driving itself to the brink and the rest of the world is laughing at us. Um, but I, I, you know, I think our military, at the end of the day, uh, at least the military-industrial complex does have a, uh, you know, a, an interest in keeping America as a superpower. So I think the wokeness will only go so far, uh, and and we do absolutely have way more like manpower and um, what am I trying to say? Like like manpower and military power than pretty much any other military in in the world but uh we are getting outpaced with hypersonics which is something that is very concerning to me so <laughs> yeah no you're right uh, the china uh, grant they stole all the technology from us but now they have so much money from mm. us they're able to you don't think they stole it from us or do you think we gave it to uh, them? Hi, uh hypersonic weapons are something that uh, as far as i know and as far as the research i've done is something that we've fallen behind on and we've just been behind on so oh wow uh, really that's not yeah. good jr how do we deal with Russia and pushing forward into the Arctic? Because there are so many natural resources up there, oil, diamonds, gold, um, and they're really making a move for it. They just did a big training exercise up there where they surfaced three subs, three nuclear subs in tandem through the ice to do a they, – they were practicing a quick hit nuclear bombing of us in Canada. How are we to deal with Russia as they're really starting to flex their muscle? The bear is coming alive. I don't, uh, I don't recall them doing that last four years, uh, Britt. Um, but no. it certainly hasn't taken them long to uh, figure out that uh, testing us uh, makes a lot of sense right now, and they're certainly not alone. I mean, you look on any front right now, you know, look at look at Iran, look at uh, 
uh, North Korea. Look, look at Russia. Look at China. All flexing their muscles, waiting to see what we're going to do about it. And uh, so far, 115 or 20 days or whatever here, we haven't done much. And the weakness that's portrayed on the national stage is not a good thing. I mean, you know, security through strength has been a guiding principle of that has worked. And we are not uh, implying that that is in vogue at the moment. So guess what? A perfect opportunity for all of these rogue and dangerous nations and enemies of ours to see how far they can go. And, you know, it hasn't taken them long, has it? So... Again, no, we're, really we're getting what, what was forecast. Exactly. JV, uh, last question to you. You can do whatever you want with this because you are the boss. Um, we're really pussyfooting around North Korea. Do you think uh, little, little Rocket Man is uh, going to respect this, or does he respect the mean tweets more? Uh, he's not, certainly not respecting this administration. We know that. Um, you know, he's emboldened by what he sees around the rest of the world. He's emboldened by a president who can't walk up the steps to Air Force One without falling down. He's emboldened by a president who can't stand in front of a microphone and utter a sentence without reading a teleprompter. And even when he does read a teleprompter, he can't get that sentence out to make it any to have it make any sense. Um, and Jr. In your list, you didn't even you didn't mention, and you had a long list of uh, hot spots in the world. We're talking about Hamas now in a way that we hadn't had to talk about them in a while. We're looking at the Biden administration negotiating with Iran, about to give them a shit ton of money. What are they going to do with that money? Anybody with any common sense and just the slightest bit of knowledge understands that money is going to go to fund more terrorism. While our border at the South is is basically open despite the fact they say it's closed. People are pouring across it. We don't know who these people are. We know that people from nations other than Central and South American nations are getting through. What are they doing here? Where are they going? We don't know. What are their intentions? We don't know. This is a real mess. Um, and I'm going to kind of tie into something here because there's a, there's another headline about what our State Department is doing. Joe Biden is sending our Secretary of State to go rebuild ties with the Palestinians. President Joe Biden has announced on Monday that he will send Secretary of State Antony Blinken to signal support for the Palestinians, citing years of neglect. That's the quote. And it implies, of course, four years from uh, from 2017 to 2021 when Donald Trump was in office. So, uh, Jr., you know. I guess the new policy around the world or the new realization around the world is you lob a few rockets into an ally of the United States and uh, the Biden State Department will come over and uh, probably bearing gifts. I mean, that's my guess. I don't know how they can have it both ways. I mean, he was pressured uh, over the weekend, I believe, and Biden said that uh, we still support Israel. <laughs> but uh, it's hard to support them both. And certainly uh, we know who was lobbing the missiles first and Israel's certainly had to protect themselves and they had for, you know, 60 years or whatever it's been since they've, 70 years since they've been a country. And I, you know, they are in an island over there and they have been an important ally of ours uh, since inception. And we are an important ally of theirs and we need to have their back. And with what's going on that again, when did it start? You know, ironically, Again, as soon as the administration changed here, basically, I don't know how you can go over there and figure that this is a great time to start supporting Palestine in a, you know, due to the tremendous neglect that has happened over the last four years, uh, while they're lobbing missiles incessantly at uh, at Israel, uh, our our biggest ally in the region. So it, it doesn't make any sense. Do you mind if I call you some bitch for short? 
Go for it. <laughs> so, so some bitch. <laughs> is this yeah. lip service? Is Biden just doing this to appease the AOCs, the Bernie Sanders, the Elizabeth Warrens, the Rashid Talibs of of the world? Is that why he's doing this, or do you think he truly, truly uh, is viewing this as a as an important diplomatic effort by the United States? You know, I've got a lot of very complicated uh, feelings about the Israel and Palestine conflict. I think that um, I think that first and foremost, it's a it's a distraction from our own uh, shortcomings in our country. And I personally believe that, uh, you know, both Israel and uh, Palestine have a vested interest in uh, in keeping the war between the two of them ongoing. Uh, you know, so I, I think that I don't. I I don't think it really matters what Joe Biden does or what America does. To be honest, they're going to keep doing whatever they do. And I, I I have no ill will towards anyone of Jewish heritage, but I really I don't buy into the Israel is our greatest ally bit really very much. I mean, uh, late last year you had uh, uh, Netanyahu uh, welcoming back a spy that had like betrayed. Like the U.S. and given Israel all kinds of uh, like information on us, I you know I I I feel like that's just like something that we're supposed to say because we think that we're supposed to say it. Um, and while I, I don't I don't I don't have anything against that country, I really don't I, the greatest ally. But I don't buy into it to be honest. Uh, I I don't think that Palestine is a is an ally of ours either. Uh, I think that they're just doing what they always do and what they've been doing for you know millennia at this point. <laughs> yeah, well I think I think a lot of the quote unquote greatest ally uh in the region comes from the fact that they're only they're the only functioning democracy in the region that probably puts them up That's on fair. that list just by default. I want to move to something it, it is a it is a good like strategic area for sure. Yeah. I want to move to something else. Um the Biden administration also as part of its State Department efforts is urging US embassies to promote Black Lives Matter uh, the Black Lives Matter movement on May 25th, Secretary of State Blinken is encouraging all U.S. embassies and diplomatic missions to honor the radical Black Lives Matter movement on May 25th. Here's the here's the quote in this article that, that kind of disturbs me, Britt. It says that um, American representatives abroad are encouraged uh, to have conversations about, quote, systemic racism and racial injustice in the United States. Once again, I'll remind you, these are embassies and diplomatic missions in other countries that are representing the United States that are being encouraged in being encouraged to uh, say these things and have these conversations. Yeah, I don't uh, look black lives matter. Corp is a Marxist organization and a grifting organization. Hence she's got five homes now for her family and God knows where the rest of the money's went. They can't find a lot of it. And the one lady who wanted to audit the whole system out of, uh, I want to say it was New York or New Jersey, she ran a Black Lives outfit there. Uh, she disappeared. She's no longer in charge. She's gone. Um, so there's weird stuff going on there. But again, it's, the, sad th the sad thing is, is this is a tool for the rich. The rich, white, Soros, Gates, Bloomberg, Steyer types, they're funding these people. They're, they're, they're putting in professional agitators, professional guiders, whatever you want to call them, to kind of steer them into doing what they want. And what they want right now is chaos in this country so that they can then uh, take over and get their power. Um, also, I mean, look, I mean, de Blasio let the cat out of the bag. 
he said literally uh, they put homeless people in hotel rooms in these really expensive buildings, drove out the rich, and the mark the property's crashing, and now they're going to buy it buy these buildings dirt cheap. He literally said that, um, and then put to solve the homeless the homeless problem. So again, it's just sad. You look at this whole picture and this craziness that's going on, and when you follow the money, it goes back to rich white people that are using them as a tool to get what they want. And that's where we're at. And this is just an extension of it. Hey, put the flag up over in some other country that's kind of trying to come along, has a little bit of wealth that we can extract from them, get the movement going over there, and we'll do that to them. That's what Soros does. He goes from country to country to country, collapses, buys, builds back up. And that's how he made his billions. That's what's going on. El, I'll throw this one to you, uh, and then, Britt, you can take it after uh, El responds. But uh, one of the documents that the State Department is encouraging our uh, diplomats around the world to reference when they have these discussions is uh, a speech by United Nations Ambassador Linda Tom Thomas Greenfield in which she told the U.N. about America's, quote, legacy of white supremacy. They also are encouraging the Black Lives Matter banner to be hung on the exterior of American diplomatic buildings. Didn't they just remove the POW MIA flag from federal buildings? Uh, wasn't that one of the things they just did very, very recently, yet they want the BLM flag now to be flown uh, at American uh, missions around the world? I don't remember that uh, particular in particular with the POW uh, flag, but uh, no, it's pretty pretty ridiculous uh, there's a, i don't know there's really not much more to say than that um at the end of the day it's kind of like it's like wrapping a bomb up in like you know a gay pride flag or like a blm you know what i mean it's it's just it's just pandering and i mean they did the same thing they they raised the like the pride flags a few years ago at the embassies and around the world and it's just like the people who actually are enjoying that are probably not the people that they like are aiming it at it's just again like woke leftists who like the feel good and they like the like you know warm fuzzies rather than actually getting things done or having policies or you know anything right. go in their favor so. well symbolism is easier than substance is what it boils yeah, down to putting a flag up being able to you know hide behind the words i like all the all the corporations getting behind the woke stuff and and you know putting the the woke flags on their buildings because they're just trying to hide from the mob because they don't want to be next but eventually we'll all be next um all right so i'm going to move on to uh this this whole covid thing kind of blew up and jv correct me if i'm wrong you have some of that right on the wuhan lab is now i do you have some stuff on that right yeah i do okay so so I'm going to start here and then I'm going to give it to you, JV, because I think you're going to need to want to bring this stuff into it. But this really irked me. And, and L, I mean, you you obviously write a lot and, and research a lot and report a lot. And this whole mm -hmm. stealth editing thing is uh, bothering me. So this is just one that I found. There, There's quite a few of these. It's called stealth editing. So because everything's digital now and there's no print, uh, Vox wrote this article about uh, the 2020 article debunking the lab origin of COVID and said that, mm -hmm. you know, it's a conspiracy theory and all this stuff. Uh, well, just recently they went back and they, they edited that story without putting a tag on there saying edited, without noting, without telling people. But basically the edits include removing the words that the virus definitely did not come from the Wuhan lab and saying that the fact the virus emerged in the same city in which the lab is located appears to be pure coincidence rather than the previous more definitive is pure 
coincidence. So basically, they're they're going back to their articles from last year and changing them, so that if we do research like UL, who is a, a research hound, um, how do you how, how do we trust the media again? I mean, here's here's another dead horse whipping of the media <laughs> doing stuff that that now how do UL? I'm sorry, I'm gonna go to LJV and then back to you. How do you, L, when you're researching, know that what you're reading was the original written thing from a year ago or so, ten years ago or whatever? So there's there's a way to check to check that, and it's it's one of the tools that I use the most whenever I am researching is to use archivers. I use archive.org or archive.is normally. Uh, there's also a few others that are not as common, but you can plug in a URL. <clears throat> excuse me, you can plug in a URL from any article and check and see different versions and see if things have changed. It's a pain in the ass for sure. And it takes a lot more time, but that's typically what I do. And you can actually find quite a bit uh, by doing that or by just um, browsing like a previous version of a site and seeing which articles, uh, like today I found an article from uh, the Huffington Post that was praising the um, finance mogul uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, in the Huffington Post oh like in 2013, you know, so, and of course that's been long gone, but I found it today because it's, it's something that, that I, I really like to do. It's tedious, but it's fun. Uh, but uh, using archivers, using archive.org, again, it's a pain in the butt, but it is absolutely worth it. And if you read an, if you read an article or if you read something uh, that sticks out to you, or you think, you know, this is probably going to come back into play at some point in the future. Uh, you can save that page right then and there and, and hold on to it for later, which is I've got a whole big archive of things to start, you know, whipping people over so the face with because they 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 just want to they want to retroactively just make themselves it's the same thing with uh with bill gates all of a sudden everyone's talking about oh yeah melinda gates knew about bill gates and jeffrey epstein but for the last year you know bill gates has been calling the shots with like our most of our like medical and uh, educational systems uh, you know because he gives them money so it's right. they just just kind of retro like edit like ad hoc and try to make themselves look good. And usually it works because our news cycle is like a 24 hour news cycle. Really, even if something like comes out, it really takes about 48 hours for it to just go away entirely. It really does. So they don't, right. like, they don't have to get it right anymore, like at all. Now, the, the, what is it, JV? Uh, first rather than being right is what the media is all about right now. It's the first one there gets the most clicks, makes the most money. Who cares if we're right or not? Yeah. Uh, that's the game right now. And uh, it is amazing how many of these articles, you know, you, like you'll vaguely remember something being said or, or, or a, a, a media outlet taking a certain position. And then you'll go back and try to find that position. And you're kind of questioning your own sanity at that point because it's not there anymore. Um, you know, we remember what Tom uh, Senator Cotton uh, went through when he was suggesting back in April of last year that there could be more to this virus than what they were claiming that it escaped from a wet market through uh, some bad infection uh, from, jumped from bat to human at this wet market. You know, there were several people who were talking about this rather loudly at the time, and they were all called crazy. They were called conspiracy theorists. The new, you know, uh, phrase that damns you forever if you're a conspiracy theorist. And, you know, they went through this and many of them had to back off it just because it became so distracting. And uh, Tony Fauci, Dr. Fauci was one of those people calling anybody who suggested this uh, a whack job, a conspiracy theorist. Well, lo and behold, here we are a year later and the evidence continues to mount that this was, in fact, something that was either created or definitely escaped 
from a laboratory in uh, Wuhan, China. And uh, not only that, but this whole time, there was never any evidence that it actually came from a wet market. That was just an anecdotal. That was just a story that the uh, CCP put out. Um, but the thing that I find really interesting is the press's reaction to all this as this stuff starts to be released. Not only um, you know are they going back and try to cover their tracks, but they're still doing the same damn thing. They're blaming Donald Trump. For this and the way they're doing it, it's not just one. It's actually two different uh, reporters that I've seen this this uh, storyline coming from. One is uh, New York Times White House reporter Maggie Haberman, and the other one is um, Washington Washington Post reporter uh, Aaron Blake. Both of them are saying that because the Trump administration was so wishy-washy on details that when they started to talk about the fact, and it was both Donald Trump and it was uh, Secretary. Uh, of state Pompeo, they were talking about the fact that this could have been released from a lab. They said because Trump was so unbelievable about everything else that they 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 had to assume that this was going to be false. I find it really interesting that um, Blake, this uh, this Anthony Aaron Blake said that the media was justified in being skeptical of the lab leak theory because Trump and and Pompeo had leaned in hard to the theory without, quote-unquote, proving even piecemeal evidence to support their claims. Isn't the idea that when you present a theory like this that you have you should go out and, and look for this evidence yourself? You should you should examine the, uh, the the legality of this, Jr. I mean, you know you know how the press works so hard to find real evidence about things like Russia collusion, Russian collusion, um, about the fact that Trump dismissed claims that the Russians had bounties on U.S. soldiers' heads in Afghanistan, that Trump said uh, U.S. war dead were losers and suckers. They did a lot of fact checking on those things before they printed them, didn't they? They also. Um, continued uh, to uh, say things like Trump incited the events on the Capitol at January 6th. They talked about Ukraine efforts uh, that Trump made to uh, destroy Joe Biden because he was a political opponent. I mean, those are all things that the media just repeated verbatim when they heard them. Yet this one, they're saying Trump, because of Trump's uh, reputation, they couldn't believe it. Therefore, they, they went against it, Jr. It's hardly you hardly know what to say. I mean, uh, the media it, it just is is was three years in uh, was so against Trump that uh, we lived it for eight years of Obama that uh, you know everything was Bush's fault. You know, the first time in history uh, the prior president was responsible for everything bad for for two terms, and now. Um, we'll see how long it goes for Trump, but they had such huge hatred for him. He couldn't be right about anything. You know, if he, if he, um, if, as I said, if he walked on water, it was because he couldn't swim. And no matter what he said, uh, they just weren't going to go along with it. But, you know, certainly the magnitude and the financial repercussions and the health repercussions, the number of people that have died, this, we need to get to the bottom of this. And, and you know, I have read some things. I don't know what is true. You know, I'm told the, the, the SARS coronavirus and the research that happened from that point forward uh, was patented. Well, guess what? You by, by definition, you cannot patent something that's uh, not manufactured. If something's natural, you can't patent it. Well, I've, I've read it's patented. And uh, so there, there's, if you want to look under the look under the hood here, I and I think that will happen uh, over time here, 
and history will prove that uh, this thing obviously was manufactured. And then you got to determine, okay, how did it slip out, you know, intentionally or, uh, or otherwise. But uh, the magnitude of what this event has caused certainly leaves you to speculate. And you don't have to start the crazy train quite yet. So. <laughs> uh, bitch, I'm going to train. I'm going to change the topic here, but feel free to comment on either comment on either or both. It's uh, been determined that um, the Biden administration's opposition for completing the border wall on the southern border because of the funding that it would require to build that wall um, is kind of now considered to be a bit of a folly, given the fact that the Biden administration at this point has spent and will spend by the end of the year almost $9 billion on health care alone for the illegal immigrants that have crossed the border into this country. The border wall that Trump built, 400 miles of it, cost about $9 billion, And to finish it, they estimate it would cost about another $9 billion. Happens to be the same amount that they're going to spend on health care for the people that have crossed into this country illegally. Feel free to comment on either of these topics. Um. Well, as far as the wall goes, again, it's the same. It's the same thing that I that I kind of keep saying. Uh, as far as making people feel good, they're like, "Oh, we're providing health care for these, you know, these refugees," and they show all the sad, you know, images of like the same four kids and and make people feel good about themselves. Uh, it, it's really. Uh, it just people feel better about providing health or well, some people do uh, and, and think that walls are immoral or, or that nobody's what nobody is illegal on stolen land is like the other phrase that they use. I mean, the, the reason why I feel like all of this has been very effective is that we've really gone from you know, actual journalism within the media because it did used to exist and it still does in some pockets, but we've got people have gone from being journalists to being reporters and they just report on what's said or uh, they interpret what's said and, and twist it for their own nefarious or, you know, whatever purposes. And at the end of the day, you have a lot of left, uh, in the media in general is just left-leaning. That's just a fact. Uh, but you have a lot of varying degrees of liberal media that are all kind of espousing the same underlying themes and topics, but uh, depending on whether or not you're watching, you know, CNN or MSNBC, or if you lean like farther left and you read like the bulwark, you know, it, they attack it from different angles and different degrees of severity, but everyone's getting the same underlying messages at the end of the day. And it's effective over time. Uh, I, I did not like President Trump when he was elected. I, uh, cried when he won. Uh, it worked on me 100%. And I had like my kind of wake up moment in mid 2018, 2019, uh, whenever they found the hurricane supplies on the runway in Puerto Rico that like, it, it completely opened my eyes to just like how many lies wow. are being told just to make him look bad. That was my that was like my moment. And even even after that, it took a long time for me to like wake up further than that and it was just you know i i had just graduated from college i surrounded myself with people that all told me trump was bad and i watched john oliver and like he kind of made me feel smart even though i had no idea what was going on so like i got completely indoctrinated in it and i woke up from it fortunately but, but you when you are complete when you every single thing that you take in depending on like there's some that kind of is, it's more funny and kind of lighthearted, and then there's some people that are very serious but at the end of the day there's a unified message of 
you know, Republicans bad, Trump bad, this bad, whatever. I mean, it does work over time because you just assume because everyone is saying it that that has to be the correct thing. Uh, so for for either one for either thing, you know, the the border wall or with COVID or really anything, it just comes. It's a unified messaging that uh, is is delivered across every single platform in many different ways. I want to. It goes deeper than that, even, but yeah, yeah. you know. I want. I want to mention a bit of a programming note here. There's a topic that we can't really talk about without uh, fear of being deplatformed here, and that has to do with what happened uh, in November of 2020 and the result of that. And after this program tonight, we're going to spend a few minutes with some bitch I know, and we're going to talk about that topic, and we're going to use that segment. We won't be able to put it here on YouTube, but we're going to use that segment for our pod, the podcast version of our show. So if you haven't found the podcast version yet, go to your you know podcast supplier, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you use, and look for the Independence Gang podcast, because that segment will be a special episode of our podcast, uh, most likely uh, ready for download tomorrow. So uh, again, we'll be talking about a, to a topic that's taboo on YouTube. Uh, Britt, feel free to comment any any of the things we just talked about or bring up something new. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, tack onto some bitch uh, with the media. I, I I live it. I don't know if you know L, but I my girlfriend is like Bernie Sanders left. Our roommate is Marxist left. Um, my girlfriend gets her news from NPR. Whenever she's driving in her car, it's NPR. So when I'm driving in the car, I will hear NPR. And since I'm in the Matrix and I read so much news, I can see right through the BS. Um, and I, I know they're lying, but that's all she gets. And then she watches ABC Nightly News with David Muir, you know, where they talk like this. And it sounds so, you know, informative. And that's all she gets. And then she's scrolling to Facebook, and then she'll see a Washington Post article go by or a New York Times article go by. And that's the only news she gets. And you're right. They're all on the same page. They're all friends with each other, the reporters and whatnot. They all run the same circles. Their kids go to the same schools. They hang out at the same parties, and they're all left of center people. And that's how the propaganda works. And it, I, and, I, and I witness it. I watch it. I live in it. And I'm also in Hollywood, so I run in a very liberal circle. They truly believe the crap that's being fed to them, and they won't question it. They literally won't. You are so on to something there. Um, and there's also that uh, that study, Rasmussen study that liberals watch about 90% liberal content. Tim Pool talks about this all the time. They watch about 90% liberal content. Content. Conservatives get about 60% conservative content, but they also get 40% of liberal content. So we kind of are immersed in both sides, so we get what's going on completely. They are literally in a bubble that is so tight that when it does pop, they lose their shit. And I do find it really interesting that it was the water at the end of the runway that made you open your eyes. It's funny. When we look back over the year of news that came out in the Trump era, that what made people open their eyes, like like uh, 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 um, um, Carlin, she had the same thing. She saw something on the news because she was a die-in-the-wool Democrat. And she's on our show every now and then, too. And she had her wake-up call. And it's, you guys have a similar story, which is interesting to me. Oh, Carlin's, um, and okay. then, Carlin's a good friend of mine. She's awesome. Oh, is she really? Oh, we love her. Mm -hmm. She's awesome. So she's uh, she'll be on, I'm hoping, Friday. Um, again, awesome. Um, maybe we should set her to where you're both on at the same time. That would be fun because it would be right. <laughs> we should do that, JV, and we should have a conversation with them about how they be went from deplorable to to not deplorable. I mean, they went from Democrat to deplorable, basically. Works um, for me. All right, I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on to something else now. Uh, just something that I thought was funny. I ran across this when I was cruising Rasmussen. I love that. I love their Twitter feed. Um, but they did a poll. 
And most voters want smaller government, lower taxes. Now, I think, JV, you and I talked about this at some point, but I can't remember if it was a leftover show or if it was just off air. But I find it amazing that we have all this information that the citizens, we don't want higher taxes and we don't want bigger government. But what is our damn government giving us right now, left and right? And even when Trump was in office, he spent money like a drunken fool. One of my big complaints about Trump was how much money he did spend. That really bothered me. But our government doesn't listen to us. And that's how Trump came to be. So, so JR, if the government's not going to listen to us, how do we rectify this situation? Because the people like us, we get canceled. I mean, look at look at poor bitch. I mean, she's been knocked off Twitter, deplatformed how many times? We're, we run the risk yeah. of being deplatformed uh, like 19 times. Is it 22 times? You stop counting, right? So yeah, how you gotta yeah. stop. You, you gotta stop being scared of being canceled, though. Once you once you let go of that fear, then you know anything's possible. It's true. So J, so Jr. So how do we mount mount an attack without uh, basically having our voice taken away from us from big tech? Well, I tell you, um, I think shows like this, you've got to be more willing to speak up and take emotion out of the equation when you're talking to people and talk factually. And, you know, you just just have to, uh, you have to get all sides of the equation, certainly, so you can speak both to both sides of the equation and, and, and communicate with people. Um, you need to communicate, I think, with your elected officials. Let them know you're there, you know, because, uh, you know, I've signed up for uh, my Democratic congressman's site and I respond to him when he, you know, sends out a tweet or a Facebook post or something about his current events. And I provide what's oftentimes a uh, controversial or certainly a uh, different opinion. So, I mean, it, it's 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 shipping away. Um, but but I think uh, as 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 they overreach continually on every front, uh, I think 2022 is going to be very telling. And I th I think they're going to reach so far that even the moderate Democratic crowd is and certainly the independents are going to say, wait a second, this, this has just gone too far. But, but I, 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 I think we just, we just have to keep it up. You can't give up. I, hope so. I mean, some days I feel like I want to give up too, but I, I think you just got to keep going. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. So L, what, what are you doing? I mean, we always, obviously you're running your mouth, you're writing your articles like we are, but are, are you, are you like, do you go and get in your congressman's face? Do you reach out to your politicians? Do you send letters, emails? Etc. Do you do any of that kind of stuff, or do you just do your research and post your articles? It's research based for sure. Um, I do reach out to uh, my local officials more than I do uh, any sort of federal or even state officials because really local is where it matters the most. Um, and I'm not going to dox myself, but I, I, I'm very involved in our local politics. Um, but at the end of the day. Uh, I just try to like put out information as far as like federal stuff goes. I mean, really all it takes is uh, like a good bit of research or a, a well-timed article or, I mean, that, that's literally uh, how it was last March 9th. I had like 
200 something followers on Twitter. And I, I wrote a thread about uh, COVID data when no one else knew what the hell was going on. And like I gained I the platform that. basically overnight. So, yeah, that was like my that was like my first thread. Uh, it, it like it went like gangbusters. And it's, it's been kind of weird to get used to that uh, on the other side of it. I'm still pretty rough around the edges and I'm still very much just me. Uh, but I, you know, well-timed research, well-timed articles, uh, going a little bit further, diving a little bit deeper into things. It really, it really can make the difference and and can influence things. I mean, I've I've 100% seen like my research uh, like kind of show back up uh, and stolen by different outlets or whatever. But at the end wow. of the day, I know that like, wow. oh no, like all the time. Uh, not oh, to yeah. name any names, but uh, uh, <laughs> daily caller. No, no drama. Daily caller. Oh uh, no, I mean, it's fine. It, it's fine. Uh, at the end of the day, I am glad that the information gets out there. And I'm very uh, grateful that people even pay attention to the stuff that I write and talk about uh, at all. So, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like I do uh, want to make a living, uh, but I'm not trying to like, you know, it, 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 if the information is getting out there, I'm pretty happy. Uh, but, awesome. That's great. Uh, and I'm glad that you do it because yeah. you do write some interesting stuff that no one else touches. JV, just kind of piggybacking off of what Elle just said about going deep, going deeper. I mean, this show right now, we're pretty, this is a pretty fast hitting show. So we don't go super deep. Hell, we don't even go medium sometimes. But can do you think the American, what I've heard from other people is that you have to stay surface, otherwise people tune out. That's kind of where we're at. Everything's so fast paced. You think there's a place for deep dive shows, deep dive articles? Can't get, Will that help? Because it seems like most of the shows we watch are pretty surface, except for maybe Tucker. Uh, I think there's a there's a there's a part of the uh, curious population that wants more information and is willing to sit through a longer form program that's going to get into the details, maybe get into the weeds a little bit. I don't think that's the general public. I think most publics are headline. Most of the public are headline readers, and that's all they get out of. The, that's how they get their news. They read a headline, and they've made a decision based on whatever that headline says. And to go back to your other point, and we're almost out of time here, but to go back to your other point, when you said that you know Americans want smaller government, but the government is giving us anything but. You know, when you do a poll like that, you've got a lot of people that answer, yeah, of course we want smaller government and we want you know to pay less taxes. But I do really like, uh, you know, family medical leave. And I do really, you know, every group has their one thing that they still want government to be spending a lot of money on. And when you start doing that and when the government is proposing all those different things, they get they buy support of those people. So they want smaller government, but they keep voting for these these programs and these people who bring those programs to them because their pet program is included in that which kind of defeats the whole idea of smaller government. So um, we are combating that. Listen, we are uh, we are out of time here. We are going to uh, end this program, but Elle is going to stay with us for a few minutes. We're going to talk about the topic that we're not allowed to talk about here on YouTube, and that is going to be on our podcast platform, uh, probably up there tomorrow as a special podcast uh, episode. So um, please subscribe if you're new to the channel. Also hit the like button. JR, thank you so much for joining us tonight. L, thank you for being part of this and thank you for staying a little extra so we can have this other conversation about yeah. things things that we're not supposed to talk about. Um, any last words there, Britt? Uh, no, I think we're good. Just smash the like button. Uh, again, if we if you come to the channel and we disappeared, find us on uh, Twitch, find us on Rumble, find us on our podcast platforms. And I'm going to take a little uh, advice from Elle and not be afraid of being canceled because she's done quite well being canceled. Mm -hmm.